Bruce Lee, martial artist and actor, was born in Chinatown, San Francisco, California. Woody Woodpecker made his debut in the animated short, Knock Knock. And Superman cracked an airship in half by simply using his feet. It all happens in the next issue of Action Comics. Greetings, super friends, and welcome to another thrilling episode of Reaction Comics, where today we're talking about issue number 30 of Action Comics from November 1940. I know it's been a few weeks since uh, you've last heard from me. I apologize for that, but happy November, everybody. Happy, I hope everyone had a happy Halloween, Um, but enough of that. Let's get into some Superman talk. Uh, Action Comics number 30. Uh, We see um, Superman on the cover of this. He seems to be carrying a car. Um, And in this car seems to be two mobster guys. And I'm pretty sure this has nothing to do with the upcoming issue. But again, I don't remember. Because uh, usually I like to preview these and then I go through them. Um, and I read this a few weeks ago and then never did the episode. So I'm back. And this is fresh. So this is me uh, reading it almost like it's the first time because I don't remember what happens here. Um, but these, there's these two gangsters in this car. It's a big bright yellow um, convertible. And one of them is definitely shooting his gun uh, down at Superman, but doesn't seem to be bothering him. I think he lifts them up over a bridge. He's probably carrying them to the police. Um but both guys have guns, so watch out. Never mind Superman, watch out people below. Those, uh, you know, misfires could take out a, a family going, you know, for a, for a hike. All right, let's, let's get into the actual issue. Superman um, by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. The, the first panel shows Superman, he, he almost looks like he's flying. I mean, they might as well just start making him fly. Uh, he's, he's definitely floating over the... Um, the city of Metropolis. And it looks like there's snow all over the tops of the buildings. And it's definitely nighttime. One wonderful starry night. There's about 7 million stars in the sky. And the introduction says, The inhabitants of Metropolis are faced by an incredible paradox. It is midsummer? Wait, what? They should be sweltering in a scorching heat. And yet, defying all of nature's established laws, the great city is caught in the midst of of a bitter snowstorm. So, okay, I did see the snow, but apparently it's not winter. Uh, in the next panel shows us inside um, the Daily Planet, and the editor is looks like he's really cold. Uh, so he's smoking, I guess, to stay warm. He's like, this freezing weather in midsummer is unbelievable. Clark, I want you to see Bob Calvert, the weatherman, and get his explanation. Okay, chief. So the editor's first thought is go to the, the newspaper weatherman to figure out what's going on. I feel like the weatherman, I don't know, go to like the government to figure out what the hell's going on. This is ridiculous in the middle of summer. 
I mean, I guess they didn't actually say where Metropolis is, so maybe this has happened before. So he goes to this uh, weatherman and says, How do you explain this freak weather, Mr. Calvert? And this dude, he, um, he's a balding gentleman. He, he, his face kind of has a Jim Backus look, but not... I mean, his eyebrows are a little thick. He's wearing glasses with, like, the chains, string hanging from them. It makes him look a little smarter. He's like, I have no explanation. According to my calculations, we should be roasting it. It doesn't make sense. Then, on the radio right next to them, they both hear calling Superman, Lara Vogel speaking. I need your help. Be in Park Ferry in an hour. I can explain this ice storm. Don't fail to come. Death threatens many. And Superman's like, I mean, I'm sorry, Clark is like, well, what? And that weather guy says, did, did you hear that? Say, do you think Superman heard the radio message or that he'll follow her instructions? And Clark looks at him and says, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. I'm surprised he didn't wink. So he runs over back to his editor. and Now he's already in a coat and jacket. He's ready to leave. He's like, did you hear that? And the editor said, the broadcast? You bet I did. It sounds like a swell news break. I want you to cover it at once. And Lois is behind the editor, you know, obviously upset that he's getting the, uh, the assignment. She says, I, I don't see why Clark should be giving this assignment. What about me? I guess Clark didn't wait to, to, to figure it out. He just took off. He, retiring to the storeroom, Clark removes his outer garments. Usually, if you do that at work, you will be fired. Transforming himself into dynamic Superman. And as Clark likes to do, and Superman likes to do, he likes to talk to himself. He says, now to see if this Lara Vogel really can explain this screwball weather. Meanwhile, Lois her, herself is like, screw this. She starts driving toward Park Ferry. And she's talking to herself because, again, everyone in Metropolis talks to themselves. She said, this is too good a yarn to trust a Clark alone. I'm not going to sit back and let him take all the bows. She's, she's jealous and, or she's upset because, you know, why is he getting all the, uh, all the good stories? Now, at that moment, another car is stalled in the snow near Park Ferry. It's two women. Um, this is a blue car. Lois is in, I guess, a purple car. I can't tell. But um, uh, one person is in the car, one woman, and another woman got out. And she says, we can't risk missing, uh, risk missing Superman. I'll continue on foot. So this must be that Lara Vogel, I guess. In the next panel, now the car is red. That makes sense. Oh, wait, it's a different car. Oh, my goodness. As the girl trudges toward the nearby ferry building, a sleek foreign auto approaches. This, like, I guess to make it look foreign, they really add a weird, like, like the car is just pointy, like it's got a pointy, like, front. It's very different. I guess that makes it foreign. And uh, inside the foreign car, oh, okay, <laughs> it's three guys, and they're all in turbans, or not, not turbans, um, like what a sheik would wear, you know, like the long, flowing, like, Head headwear that a that a, I get like I I know this is terrible but I think of Jamie Farr and Cannibal Run that um that like someone in uh, from like um you know the Middle East would wear and inside the car um one guy says now and then a second guy says adjust helmets and the third guy is holding something in his hand I don't know what the hell it is. But um, 
Okay, the next instant, a globe from which a dazzling ray of light emerged is launched towards the girl. So now we see these three guys in the car. They're all wearing these funky helmets that make them look like race car drivers, kind of like a blue helmet with, with goggles. And they've shot something out at this woman that is like a, a glowing orb. I don't know what else to call it. They call it a globe. I call it a glowing orb. And it's like this giant, like it looks like a tiny sun. It's shooting right at her. And she says, no, no. Meanwhile, a tremendous leap has carried the man of tomorrow off the roof of the Daily Planet, building up into the sky. He says, there's no telling what I'm barging into. It may be a Joker's prank. On the other hand, it might be a trap. As Superman nears the ferry building, he comes upon a horrible sight. The young woman, oh my goodness. <laughs> the young woman disintegrates before the globe's fierce brilliance. Superman says, what? And we see this globe really approaching the woman and she's kind of disappearing. Uh, the amazing, an amazing phenomenon. Though the girl vanishes, her shadow remains fixed in the snow. So all that's left is the shadow of this woman. Like she's disintegrated. She's just nothing. And there's just shadow left. Now drawn by the girl's screams, an officer challenges the man in the foreign car. And they say, if you know what's good for you, you keep out of this. And the cop says, hey, what's going on here? Getting flip, huh? And he starts to write him a ticket. And the guy inside goes, adjust helmets. And you know already that that is a bad thing, which is going to lead to something very bad for this police officer. For fulfilling his duty, the policeman is blasted into nothing. He looks like a frightened Hank Azaria in this photo, this drawing photo. Uh, as a, it looks like a tiny sun. I don't even know what else to call it. Now, Superman's watching this the entire time. He didn't speed down to save the cop or anything. He just, he's still like freaking out. Peering down from the building atop which he had alighted, Superman sees only the policeman's shadow left in the snow. He says, that blazing globe disintegrated a man, leaving nothing but his shadow. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes... Finish that sentence, Superman. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes and did nothing about it. But at the same time, the Man of Steel is not the only one who witnessed this. For Lois has, was approaching uh, the same vehicle at the time of this incredible drama. She says, the men in that foreign car, they're responsible. Now they see Lois and they approach her. The helmeted killers release the deadly weapon once again. It's now going right towards Lois. I mean, it's pretty close to her. You think she's a goner. But down streaks Superman. Lois. And he says to himself, he takes time to say, Lois in the thick of this? I might have expected it. And then he grabs Lois and lifts her away. She says, Superman, the Man of Steel swoops down in time to save Lois from the globe. As she is excited, Superman actually says to her, if I had any sense, I'd let you play catch with that ball. So he... He's saying to himself, you know, if I really was smart about it, I, I would let you disintegrate and die, Lois. Uh, they, as, as they streak, as they strike the ground a short distance later, Lois says, I owe you my life. And Superman says, save your thanks. I, have, I haven't the time to acknowledge them. Why doesn't he have the time to acknowledge them? Because now Superman has cited the wielders of the shadow death. That's what they called these men. 
pulling the blonde girl out of her car. Now, that was the girl that was in the car the first time when the other girl got out and disintegrated. Um, now the three um, Middle Eastern men say, it's Superman. They say, back, or the girl dies. So they have a gun now. I don't know why they didn't just disintegrate her unless they need her to live. He says, they say, you have five seconds to depart, and that other girl remains. Will you go? So he says, you have five seconds to leave. And Lois is staying too. Will you go? Superman says, just a bunch of brave lads, huh? Seems I have no alternative. I'll go. But Lois goes with me. And then he picks up Lois and he jumps away with her. And now Clark is, <laughs> listen to what Clark says. Or Superman says, I'm sorry. He says, if Lara Vogel insists in getting into trouble, that's her worry, not mine. Excuse me. That is the most un-Superman thing I've ever heard. Lois says, but, but you can't leave her at the mercy of those rascals. Those rascals who just killed a cop and an innocent woman. Leaving Lois atop of the Daily Planet building, Superman springs away. He says, aren't you satisfied? I got you out of this mess. But, but surely. And then he flies away or jumps away, I guess, right? And then Lois says, Superman deserts someone in need of help? I, I can't. I won't believe it. Lois has gauged Superman correctly. Returning to the foreign car, he trails the Arabs and their blonde captive. Okay, that's what they're calling them. Um, so I don't know why. I guess Clark was just pissed at Lois for sticking her nose when it was supposed to be Clark's job, Clark's assignment. Now he's a Superman. He has to save her again when he should be busy saving the, the, the original woman. Um... So now Clark, or Superman, is leaping after this car. He says, Arabs wielding fantastic weapons. Whatever difficulty Lara Vogel has got herself into, it at least promises to be interesting. So we've seen two people die. Um, two other women threatened. This woman kidnapped, and Superman's like, hey, <laughs> I mean, it beats staying at home and listening to the radio. My goodness. Meanwhile... Many, many miles away, in an unexplored section of the vast Sahara Desert, a caravan pauses. So we've just left Metropolis. Now we're in the middle of the Sahara Desert. That, wow, that took a turn I wasn't expecting. Now we see three um, men on, four men on camels. Three of them are dressed in the same, like, traditional or at least what what they think is traditional Arab uh, dressing. And then this other dude, this fourth guy, who looks like he's dressed for a safari. And um, the one of, it looks like they're guiding him, this, uh, this white man. They say, congratulations, Carlton Vogel. You are the first white man. Oh, okay. You are the first white man ever to see this. And he says, Yolanda, the lost city. Now, they're on these camels, and way off in the distance, we see this green city that apparently is the city called Yolanda, a lost city that um, he's discovered, or they're showing him, or I don't know exactly what's going on. And then the guide says, look, helmeted Arabs, either we reach the city first or we're doomed. So they start riding like crazy uh, to, to get to uh, the city. But before the caravan is able to get underway, a band of helmeted Arabs dashes strict, swiftly towards them. 
as the caravan attempts to flee towards the mysterious lost city. Its attackers launch a rain of blazing globes. Now we see those those little suns, those little globes they're shooting at people. They're um they've shot five of them at these guys. And uh, I guess there's five people in this caravan. And that Carlton Vogel says, Zoltar's terrible weapons, we are lost. And they say, hurry, hurry. Caught in the midst of the terrible globes, the men and their camels disintegrate. And only the shadows remain in the sand. So these guys that apparently are trying to find this lost city, they're all dead now. Uh, by the same globes that uh, the guys in the U.S. have. Now, she's Lara Vogel, and he's Carlton Vogel. Interesting. So she's she doesn't know yet that her brother is... Um, he's dead. Uh, so um, we see two of the helmeted uh, Arabs. Uh, again, that's what they call them, so I'm going to... I guess I'm going to stick with that. Uh, they say the end of Vogel's expedition... Zolar will be pleased. So it seems like Carlton Vogels, because he said Zolar's terrible weapons. He knows who this Zolar is. And these guys apparently work for them because Zolar will be pleased. They seem pretty, pretty happy about that. Now back in Metropolis, Superman follows the Arabs and their captive. He says they're leaving the car. Reaching a secluded spot, the Arabs take the girl toward a strange sky vessel. It's not a plane. It's a strange sky vessel. But before the wielders of the sinister, sinister globes can enter the skyship, the Man of Tomorrow hurls down in their midst. Release that girl. Now they say, Don Helmets, attend to the interesting, to that, I thought they called him that interesting fool. Attend to that interfering fool. So they put on the helmets and they fire the globe at the Man of Steel and it receives the full force of the blinding rays. And Superman says, well, let's see how this gadget works. So he touches it. And nothing happens. And these guys are like, look, he survived. The globe failed to destroy him. Only made him lose consciousness. Oh. Okay, they didn't explain. This is weird. So he, Superman says, let's see how this gadget works. He looks like he's reaching to touch it. We don't see anything happen. Then we see these guys explain to us that Superman passed out. So now the next panel, they show him carry, carrying a limp-looking dead Superman Instead of leaving him behind, they say, what an amazing resistance. He'll be a rare prize for Zolar into the ship with him. So instead of leaving him behind, they take Superman with them. That's like in Jason X, when they took Jason on board the ship to study him. I mean, it didn't end well for them. And I have a feeling it will not end well for these gentlemen. The unconscious Superman is carried aboard and the ship streaks upward taking the helpless Man of Steel to an unknown destiny. Aboard the ship, the still groggy Superman revives and finds himself, himself chained and handcuffed. He is like, well, he has a, a like a, a big ring around his neck. I don't know what you call that. It's not a chain. It's, it's attached to a chain. It's like a, a neck cuff, I guess, because he's got handcuffs. He's tied behind his back. and He's got a neck thing. I know it's called something. I just can't think of what it is. And he's like, w -w 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 I'm in chains. And he looks over and there's, um, there's Vogel, Lara Vogel. And she says, forgive me. I I'm sorry I got you into this. 
And Superman says, just what is this all about anyway? And now we get the exposition dump or the narrative dump. Now we know we get the connection between Laura and Carlton. I'm Laura Vogel, sister of Carlton Vogel, the archaeologist. At present, he is in an unexplored portion of the Sahara Desert. Well, Laura, I'm not so sure about that. He wrote telling me strange things about a sinister individual named Zolar. I'm like, Zolar? Isn't that the name of the the um, the fortune teller in Big? Or is it Zoltan? Superman's like, what does what does this have to do with icy weather and the shadow deaths? Well, she tells him. Zoltar possesses great stores of radium, and with it is able to perform such miracles as total disintegration and controlling the weather. So the the people disintegrating into shadows um, and the weather is all controlled by radium. Now, is it correct that like when people have like a nuclear bomb, isn't it like they'll disintegrate, but they say their shadows will remain or something like that? Isn't that some sort of thing? I feel like it is. So this must be kind of like playing off that. So, yeah, she says he has total disintegration and controlling the weather. And Superman says, go on. Like, what if she's done? Well, she's not. She has a lot more to say. Zola's thirst for radium drives him to get at any length to get it. Now he plans to steal the accumulated supply of the lost city of Ulanda. Apparently they have a lot. Carlton went to warn the people of that city, so the archaeologists went to the city to warn that Zolar, Zolar was going to be stealing the radium. Like, call the government or something. Don't send yourself. Because, Carlton, you nuttin'. Superman says, and, and how does this involve Metropolis and the change in weather? Well, Zolar learned the letters sent to me. His emissaries came to warn me to silence me. Okay, so Laura lives in Metropolis. The letters went to Metropolis, and they figured that out. Okay, I get it. So that, that's the only connection to Metropolis. They gave me until the first snowfall to make any decision, thinking that would give me, you know, a long time. So I accepted, but they tricked me by artificially causing a snowstorm. That I brought, That's when I broadcasted my appeal to you. So they said to her, you have until the next snowfall. She's like, oh, cool, that's months away. Tricked you, it's actually now. That's why she agreed. Wait, they gave me until the next snowfall to make my decision. Thinking that would be a long time, I said, okay, I'll make my decision as to whether or not I'll be silent. And then they said, well, here's the snow, so now you have to decide. Like, why don't they just really threaten her physically to make her decide? Like, it... It seems like a long way to go just to make her choose whether she wants to be silent or not. But she didn't. She chose not to be. She, she broadcasted her appeal. Well, we all know what happened to Carlton. So in the next panel, um, oh boy, actually, the guy explains it. You'll be interested to learn that Carlton Vogel has succumbed to the shadow death. Thus, perish those who oppose Zolar. And she says, Carlton dead? No. No, Superman could give a rat's ass. He's like, hmm, what I wouldn't give to meet the Zolar. In the next panel, we actually see Zolar. Hmm. Again, they love bald criminal. Again, I, I assume this man's Arabic. 
uh, Middle Eastern, and he's bald. Uh, he's got kind of a pointy ears, but you know, he's they, Lex, Lex Luthor. Actually, Luthor is not Lex Luthor, and he's not bald yet. But um, we all know that Ultra Humanite, or whatever he's called, uh, he's as bald as they come, or at least he was until he switched bodies. So at that moment, a screen flickers and an evil face materializes upon it. The face of Zolar. And one of the guys who captured them, I guess driving the ship or whatever, he's communicating with Zolar. He says, oh, Zolar, behold whom we have captured. The mighty Superman now rendered powerless by your magic. Wait, is he powerless? They, he's, Zolar says, splendid, bring the man of steel to me. So they all know who Superman is, in, even in the Sahara Desert. Superman says, you may not be so glad to see me when we come face to face. Now Zolar's pointing straight at him and says, he says, I know how to deal with dogs such as you. You forget, arrogant Superman, that your tremendous strength has deserted you. Have they checked that for sure? Because the next panel says, but Superman has a secret that would have cost Zolar some of his assurance if it hadn't been revealed. Or if it had been revealed, that makes more sense. Now he says it out loud, so I feel like it, it has been revealed. He says, he doesn't know that the, the effects of the globe have worn off, and I'm again in complete control of my strength. Well, he does now, Superman, because you just said it out loud. Availing himself of his X-ray vision, Superman sees that they are now above Zolar's desert stronghold. So they're all the way in the Sahara Desert. In the next panel, we super see the Superman's like, screw this. The time has come for action, he says. Breaking his thick steel bonds as if they were thread, the Man of Steel frees himself. Speedily, he frees the girl, but the Arab guard gives the alarm. He, he, he yells, he's loose! Get the globe gun! Like, why did they have it in there with him the whole time? Before the Arabs can fire the globe gun, Superman kicks clear through the metal floor and braces for a great effort. He says, here goes! And he, I, oh my goodness, and the huge ship snaps in two halves, severed by Superman's powerful muscles. Oh my god, he just totally smashed this, this ship in half. Next panel shows him uh, leaping away with the girl. The Man of Steel carries the girl aloft as the wrecked, sh wrecked, as the wrecked ship falls in flames. I see one little tiny guy in a parachute. Oh, no, I see two parachutes. I don't know how many guys are on that plane, but the, if they didn't uh, have a parachute, uh, they're all dead. Now, I guess they're falling right towards Zolar's castle because we see him kind of um, on top of like this area. And on the roof, uh, it says, Zolar orders his men to launch the deadly globes at the Man of Steel. Destroy him. Don't let him escape. And there's just a bunch of glows being fired at them. Superman easily outdistances the fiery globes. He's like, they're fairly crawling. And Lara's like, you're magnificent. Now on the next panel, remember that ship that Superman cracked in half and probably killed a few crew members? Now there's like an entire like fleet of them. There's at least five or six flying at them. And Lara says, an entire squadron of strato ships, because I guess that's what they're called, attacking you. Leaping upward, Superman seizes the lead sky vessel and says, You'll do. <laughs> he, it, it's like, oh my, I was going to say it's like bowling. 
but Superman says, just like bowling pins. He takes that ship and he hurls it at the others, massed in attacking formation. So he just smashes all those ships. Meanwhile, Zolar boards a strato ship and shouts orders into a microphone. Disregard Superman. On to Yolanda. Destroy the lost city. I'm confused. Don't they want their, their radium? They have to destroy the city to get it? So now they're leaving Superman behind like, screw this. Leave him be. Let's go do what we came here to do. And Superman says, we've got to prevent Zolar from demolishing that city. As Zolar ships swoop over Yolanda, the people, the, they're like, flee, run for your lives. And then Zolar gives the, the command, release the meteor death. Down plunge blazing globes, engulfing Yolanda in awful destruction. These globes are just falling, destroying so many people. By means of his vision screen, Zolar watches the attack on Yolanda. He says, all resistance crush. Fine. Now to seize the radium. Oh, I see. So he's destroying all the people so that he can go in and steal the radium. Okay. There's a little bit of a method to his madness. And uh, Superman still carrying Lara Volga with him. He says, why is it after the globe destroys objects, silhouettes remain? She says, rhodium has photographic quality. Okay, great. We're getting a science lesson. Meanwhile, hundreds of locals are being killed while Superman's just groping this lady. Soaring up into the sky, Superman heads straight for Zolar's skyship. He's still holding her. He could have just left her at the castle and gone back. He says, now to pay Zolar a visit. Superman coming towards us. Maneuver. Dodge him. He kind of looks like Nosferatu in this photo. But Superman says, sorry to butt in as he smashes directly through the wall. I hope, like, this woman didn't get hurt, but now she's inside the ship, so I guess she's fine. The Man of Skills Steel crashes through the metal wall of the Strato ship. He says, signal your fleet to destroy itself, or I'll destroy you. Zoltar doesn't like take two seconds. This, this guy is a, a coward. He says, destroy yourselves. I, Zolar, your supreme commander, demand it. Obeying Zol Zolar's weird hypnotic powers, hordes of the plane deliberately crash. How many people are dead? So many people have died in this issue. An amazing turn of events. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The girl aims a gun at Superman. What is going on here? So, he brings the girl aboard the ship. He stops Zolar. He, he tells Zolar to, to have all those guys basically, you know, um, just kill themselves. Zolar does it. All those ship captains and, and pilots and, and, you know, they think they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to provide for their family. They're all dead. And then in the very next panel, now the girl, Lara Vogel, is aiming the globe gun at Superman who's trying to apprehend Zolar. Superman looks at her and says, Lara, are you mad? And she says, I'm not Lara Vogel. <gasps> what? Lara was slain when she emerged from the car. I'm one of Zolar's agents. And this is your finish, Superman. So that other woman was Lara Vogel. So she's been dead this whole time. She knew all about Carlton. She knew everything going on. She explained what Superman was doing this entire time. 
basically giving Superman the knowledge that he would need to defeat Zolar. And now she's saying, I'm one of Zolar's agents. So why were they firing the guns at him? Like, they could have killed her, but I guess Zolar doesn't care. He just deliberately killed so many of his own pilots. She says, and this is your finish, Superman. The girl fires the globe gun, but the fiery sphere bounces off the Man of Steel's chest and rebounds back towards Zolar and his feminine hireling. So they call her the feminine hireling. And they're both... <laughs> they're both dead in the next panel. Zolar and the girl vanish, leaving silhouettes and an unconscious Superman. So Superman's like lying down. All of a sudden, the S on his chest is just is gone in this in this drawing. But the, the panel shows these two perfectly like silhouettes of shadows up against the wall of where these people were, and they're like, Bleh. they both have one arm up, one arm down, like, whoa, no, and then they're dead. Oh my god. Down crashes the ship in total destruction. So now, while this is going on, the ship crashes. But the force of the shock revives Superman. <laughs> so the, oh, what happened? Oh, another ship crashed. Emerging from the wreckage, he just leaps off. It says the surviving Ulandians will no longer be menaced by Zola. You know, because he's dead. I guess the rest of Uland, the, the ones that didn't die, are going to be fine. And then, I guess... All that destruction, all that death in the, the Sahara Desert. Superman just leaves it there. The final panel we see back at the office of the Daily Planet. <laughs> Lois says it's obvious Superman fumbled his attempt to save Lara Vogel, but at least the, well the weather is back to normal. And Superman, Clark says, So your idol has fumbled, huh? Pardon me while I laugh. The end. So Superman likes, or Clark likes the idea that, that Superman's not perfect, even though you are Superman. Uh, and he likes the idea that his crush, Lois's crush of Superman, you know, isn't, she sees that he's not this perfect, perfect guy. Again, even though she is him. And all these people are dead. So many people are dead. And Lois is like, hey, at least the weather's back to normal. You know, that's pretty great. That's pretty good. I'm going to go for a, for a bike ride. Uh, and that's it. That's the end of issue 30 of Action Comics. Um... Action-packed. I mean, it, at some point I thought there was some supernatural stuff going on here with those golden globes, for lack of a better term. The, the orbs. And I guess there was some sort of like sci-fi thing because they had a gun that shot radium orbs at people that turned them into nothing. Uh, and he could control the weather. Again, he controlled the weather for a stupid reason, which was to, to push this girl into telling the story even though okay even though it wasn't this girl they pushed the real Lara Vogel into trying to tell the story and the real Lara Vogel is the one who got on the radio Clark couldn't notice the voice difference um, and then this girl went through all this stuff just to be like sorry I work for Zolar and then boom she's dead if she was like quiet for five more seconds she'd be fine like yeah I don't know who that is Zola'd be like, wait, you work for me. You're, you're my number one gal. And nope, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Laura Vogel. She would have got away with all of it. Instead, she's dust in the wind. And uh, I think that's all we kind of learned here. We learned that a lot of the time, Clark gets these assignments. And I understand that Lois should be, not jealous, but should be upset that she should be included more. 
1940, so things are a little different then, but it's still showing that she's like, hey, what about me? But then they always like to take Lois and be be like, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to go into the action myself and whoopsie, I I need help. Thank you, Superman. So um, obviously over the years, they make uh, Lois much more uh, capable, much more self-reliant, um, much more confident. Uh, but a lot has changed in 80 years, right? So, um, yeah, I think we're done here. I think we did it. I uh, Again, I want to apologize for, for the few weeks off. Unless you're from the future, then you didn't even notice. Unless you just started listening, like, after November 1st, then cool, everything's cool. You're just here for issue 30 episode 30 um and we did it we did it my friends so what can we say here i want to thank you so much for listening thank you so much for subscribing we're on instagram at reaction comics and i'm personally on twitter at geek mentality and i'm on instagram at geek mentality for the most part the easiest way to find me is through twitter at geek mentality uh but again i keep saying i'm going to start posting on instagram again and, and then i just i falter but look, I, I haven't done the show in a few weeks, so I'm I'm not this I'm not as perfect as Superman. But again, we saw that Superman isn't always perfect himself. And he did really not seem to care about all these people who died. Uh any at one point he wanted to leave Lois behind. He's like, I should just let you play with that ball. I mean he was like uh a little he was a little uh, cocky, a little sarcastic, I think is is what I could say. He was just a little bit of a, a little bit of a prick. Yeah, right. But um, but I love them for it. So I want to thank you guys again for listening and subscribing. And uh, that's it. That's it. Happy November, everybody. And hopefully I'm st- I get back on schedule. And uh, until next time, remember, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. All right, super friends. Until next time. Bye. Fans not experts.